Welcome to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Join us tonight as we give you a list of things that you don't want to decorate your apartment with because they have a mind of their own. We give you haunted objects. (laughs) So grab a cup of coffee, make sure it's not in a haunted mug, and listen to these Legends in the Dark. haunted objects like you see them for sale on ebay and sometimes people say that like they have a haunted object and they're like oh this thing is haunted but it's good luck or you know i don't know how about you if someone told you yeah that's haunted would you buy it i would not actually no because you could say oh it's haunted but in a good way i'm like no there's no such thing (laughs) it's haunted you know, whatever's in there could just as easily say, you know, I don't feel like being good luck today. Maybe I'm going to destroy the world around you. And just... Well, you know what's funny is some of my stories. So I was looking on when we came up with this subject, I was looking online and a lot of the story started off with, oh, well, I bought this because it was really nice looking and they didn't know it was haunted. So once you found, if something happened like that and strange things happened, you said, okay, it all started when I bought this last thing. What's your solution to that? And I think I already know. Burn it. Yep. I, I was going to say, you're going to take a little match. Yeah. <laughs> Not just one. I'll, 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 be, I'll be safe. Just be safe. I'll do like the whole box. Like the 500 it. matches? Be like, there you like, go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm always, uh, and, and you know, you always see those stories too where like somebody buys something and it, it causes, it wreaks havoc on their life or whatever. And then they sell it to somebody else. I'm like. If, it's, if you already know it's, there's something wrong with this, why why would you sell it? Why did you just drop it in the ocean somewhere? I know. I know. So, like, tonight, listeners, we have some haunted object stories. I have a car and a bunk bed. What do you have? I have a ring and a doll. Ooh. Like, I, you know, reading these stories, they... I love going to a good estate sale, yard sale, antique shop. But I admit, reading some of these stories, I was like, you know what? Target. I could just go to Target. It reminds me of when you did the Dubuck box. Du- Dubik. Dubik, wow. But, because that was the same thing, but that... Oh yeah, that was on the list of stuff too. And I, oh yeah, and, and the chair you did. Oh yeah, I saw that the, the too. The murder chair. That's so funny. Which should have been burned immediately. Not sure why, that's just hanging around. Literally, know. it's on the wall, it's so the that wall. way that museum people don't sit in it. <laughs> like, don't sit in this murder chair. Like... <laughs> But we'll keep it around. I'm like, you could just burn that chair and then just have any old chair just sitting there and just be like, yeah, this is the murder chair. I'm like, who's gonna who's gonna question you? Oh my gosh! Like, hey, hey, wait a minute! I don't. Uh, doesn't look like an 18th century rocking chair to me. Uh, have that appraised. <laughs> like, get out of my store. <laughs> well, why don't you start us off tonight? That I will, Leslie. That I will. So today, we're first going to start off with Valentino's Cursed Ring. I just went to L.A. and I actually visited Hollywood Cemetery. Hollywood Forever Cemetery. How about you let me tell my story first before you start going into the history of what's in the story? 
I'm just saying, I saw his grave. That's I didn't all. even say the full name of the guy that I'm talking about. Yes, Here's, you do. It's Rudolph Valentino. For How those many who actually, other, like Rudolph's out, uh, did, reindeer? Did, did Is I, it his the reindeer? Did you hear me even say? I said Valentino's cursed ring. I didn't say Rudolph's cursed ring. I said Valentino's cursed well, ring. Well, how many Valentinos are there out there? Probably really? a lot, actually. You know, it's probably a fairly common name. <laughs> okay, okay, keep going. Anyways. So, it's a plain silver ring embedded with semi-precious stones that uh, was purchased by movie star Rudolph Valentino from a jewelry store in San Francisco in 1920. Valentino fell in love with the ring, and just because, you know, he probably thought, oh, this is some foolishness, ignored the store owner's warning that he believed it was haunted. Now, I would kind of, like, look sideways at that and be like, this guy says it was haunted, but why is he trying to sell it, though? Well, you know, but remember, it's the 20s, and you know what came really big in, like, the 20s after World War One was the spirit, spiritual movement, the spiritual, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm tongue-tied today, but the, the basically the movement, like, you know, Doyle, like, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was into it, like, Houdini used to try to find the fakes like it, mm. it debunked them that's what i was trying to think of so i could see how that could be a selling point to some people they're all dabbling all the way down yeah so he he ignored that warning which again i would say like well why is he trying to sell this ring if he believes it's haunted it's had a price tag on it i mean he's he wants me to buy it i think it was a selling point it yeah was... i i'm telling you i bet it was a selling point it's probably probably popular at the time could be so valentino wore this ring while filming a movie that was ultimately a complete failure. I don't know what movie that is, so don't ask. I didn't actually Silent films? Probably. He put the ring away. Many years. It was it was out of so apparently like this move this ring ruined my career. I'm gonna put it in a box. I only wore it the one time. He finally took it back out for what would be his final movie. After shortly after filming the movie he died, still wearing the ring. Oh, he should have left that thing in the box. Probably, Thanks. and he died young too. Like his death was what we would consider, like if like if somebody died in like their thirties now. Or yeah, something like I that. mean, like it's kind of like when Heath Ledger died. Like there's a following, you yeah. know. And then when the last movie came out, there's still like it still hurts people. Robin Williams, it still hurts people. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, for me, Alan Rickman, even though he was older mm. and stuff, oh. I mean, it is one of those, it was one of those like very first kind of because this is a silent film and he's very famous for um, I forgot what the movie was called. It's not Shrek. It's it's something like that. It's Chic, I think. I forgot. But anyway, um, Shrek. No, it's not Shrek. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm tired and I'm. Eat, drinking too much ca- caffeine gets me like nobody uh, likes excuses Leslie. i know no one likes no excuses you just don't know no, no excuses <laughs> but um no so it would it was said that he died in new york and there was like hundreds and thousands of people in the street when he died and raising their fists up in the air going valentino basically that sounds awesome actually <laughs> i hope that i hope i get that kind of reception when i finally go People just raise their fists in the air going, <laughs> Back to our story. So he died wearing the ring. Unlucky. So the ring was then passed on to Pola Negri? Negri? Pola Negri? Which was one of his former lovers. Mm. 
it's kind of weird because it's like not friend, not spouse, just former lover. So you know. Well, I think he was considered the great lover, or the he was. Ah. Oh, I forgot what he had a nickname. He was like the great lover. His his tomb is the one where people would go, women would go, and kiss the the stone because there there was a legend of a woman in black doing it for the longest time, and they supposedly don't know who the woman in black was. Some people came out after the fact, but, like, they really don't know Might who it Paul was. Might Maybe. So it, it passed on to her. While she was in possession of this ring, she suffered a severe illness, which she ultimately recovered from. However, once she recovered from this illness, her career was over. Hmm. hmm. Get rid of that ring. Correct. So she passed the ring to a man named Russ Colombo, who was a young singer at the time. He died in a shooting accident while in possession of the ring. Oh, no. Next, somehow the ring passes to Colombo's friend Joe Casino, while wearing the ring, died in a car accident one week later. Wow, okay, this is a cursed ring. One James Willis attempted to steal the ring. Not sure why. It's just a plain silver ring with semi-precious stones. I would probably be giving it to a thief. Like, here you go. Like, (laughs) I've had nothing but bad luck with this thing. Take it. So he attempted to steal the ring. (laughs) But he was caught by police and shot. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. There were no specifications, but three more people owned this ring and died shortly after it was in their possession. Oh, man, I wonder where the ring is at today. The bottom of the ocean, if anybody was smart about this. Oh, man. I would just, you know how I always say I would take all every collective cursed or haunted object and just, you know, bury it at sea somewhere. But, like, you know what? Go haunt the fishes. They don't care. <laughs> say that now, and then all of a sudden they start, like, crawling on the land. <laughs> They're like, hello. And then the world is taken over by the fish people. <laughs> As I stare hauntingly into the distance. You really did. You had a nice five second stare right there. Right. So that's Valentino's cursed ring. That was just more of a cursed object than a haunted object. But, but still. I mean, still I thought good. it was only like one or two people. It's like the Hope Diamond. It's like when you have about a ten people line of things happening... It's only so much coincidence. If somebody hands me a ring and says, like, oh, this is a beautiful ring. Where did it come from? I was like, well, his previous owner died a tragic tragic death while only a week after receiving this ring. I'd be like, and you could take this right back and... It is weird because, like, some people say that about, like, rings now where it says, oh, that ring, they got divorced, so that's a bad ring. Mm. And technically, I my I inherited a divorce ring, so, like, I <laughs> love it. I'm going to get divorced. But... Yeah, it's it's some people. Um, I don't know if it's because of minerals or like the stones or something. Absorbs negativity. Something I don't know, but like with jewelry, oh, it's jewelry. weird how there's a lot of cursed jewelry. Because yeah. that's not the only one I know. I mean, the Hope Diamond, but there's like three or four other diamonds. You don't I hear know. about a lot of cursed undergarments. Oh, you didn't hear about the cursed corset? Mm. Mm. No, I have no idea. There's nothing. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, okay, my turn? Yes. Okay, so mine is actually really quick. The first story I have. It's actually a haunted limo. And it's JFK's limo. Oh, that's obviously like a bad luck magnet right there. Well, you know what's funny is when I was reading this. So, just a little backstory for those who don't know. 
President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. He was in his limo, and after being cleaned and conditioned, it was uh, still in use with a new president, Lyndon B. Johnson. So they still actually used that same limo. Did did Lyndon B. Johnson know about that? I mean, I'm sure he was he was with. Them I and... feel like that's something they probably wouldn't have told the president. It's like, yeah, you know, the last president got shot and well, killed. In this you realize car. that Johnson was with him during that time. Oh, so right? he should have known. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. Wait, he wait, wait. This car looks familiar. <laughs> wait, I... wait. Back and to the left. <laughs> Back and to the... Remember Holy they, crap! Come on, guys! You remember that on Seinfeld? Yeah. Really... That is one magic loogie. <laughs> it was the best parody I ever saw it, it of that. It was hilarious. But, um... So... Pauses. In midair, mind you. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I really did like to learn about the Kennedy conspiracy. Because it was just really interesting. I mean, I remember, and maybe this is a little bit morbid, but like I remember my brother wanted to, because when we were younger, we would go back east, and my parents, when we got older, said, hey, is there anywhere where you want to visit? And my brother was like, I want to go see Dallas, because he was a big JFK fan. And so we went to the Daily, Pl- Daily Plaza, almost said the Daily Planet. Um, and... <laughs> And we saw, like, where the book depository is, and we saw the path. And it is some weird instances. Like, why didn't they go down the center one? Or why didn't they do this? Or, And it's some, you know, interesting questions. But overall, though... That was the last such... time that a president ever drove in a car with the top down. I don't know. It was probably the last. That's what I just said. No, no. I said, I don't know if it was, the, was last. the last. Well... We're not historians, so maybe we shouldn't be, like, just giving out facts. We know here. everything about everything. <laughs> And we try. And we, you can quote us on that. As long as Seinfeld parody it. That's right. <laughs> okay, so right now the car is actually on display in Greenfield Village in Dearborn, Michigan at the Henry Ford Museum. And legend goes that on the anniversary of JFK's death, a man who is believed to be JFK is seen in a gray suit waving to the security guard. And there was a couple reports I read blog posts, articles, but it's one of those situations where I think one article mentioned it and then everyone copies it. So I really don't know how accurate this next, like, occurrence. It's like a game of telephone. It really is. So apparently a, a report came out that someone, I know in one report it said it was a security guard and one it said that it was a cleaning person. But what happened was... This reports that not only did the ghost wave, the man in the suit waved, but they also leave a rose on the hood. And one time they told, the spirit told the person that two men shot him on the grass under the trees and not just one person. I don't really believe, don't know how much I believe of that. So again, I think it was one of these that it got reported somewhere and I couldn't really find the source on it because everyone seems to be quoting the same source. It's kind of like that Mm -hmm. game. But I, again, I think the most creepy thing of that whole thing was that the, they, they still use the car after the assassination. Like, I think that would have been one of those where it's like, you know what, we're just... You know, just going res- to go ahead. Right. Like, out of respect to the, the last guy who was in this car, maybe we should just have this thing decommissioned. 
Yeah, you know how when I come into the Noble office and I can redecorate this whole thing from the last present? Let's just go ahead and deal with that with the car. I'm just going to go ahead and say I want a new car. Like, you know, maybe something sporty. But, you know, I would want to visit the Ford Museum because there must be other haunted cars there as well. Wouldn't, uh, like, James Dean's car be in there? Oh, you don't know? Okay, that one we'll have to do on this podcast. Oh, right, right. But, no, it's not there. But uh, there's a couple other cars there. I, I bet you it's haunted. Don't judge me for not knowing. No, it's a really good... I'm really surprised you don't know. It's a really good story. You know what? Save that for you know our little list of brainstorming putting ideas. Putting that on the whiteboard. Yep, put that on the whiteboard. But that's it. So that is the haunted car, JFK's limo. Back and to the left. <laughs> Back. Okay, to be fair with Seinfeld, though, to be fair, it's not aging well. Because Chris, when the pandemic started, he... Um, and I, you know, because I was home a lot because uh, my work was shut down, we watched, uh, we were watching binging series and we were binging um, Seinfeld again. And I hadn't seen Seinfeld since I was living with my last roommate because she had the whole se- season. And it was on Hulu and we were watching it and there are some really bad episodes where it's like, oh, oh, no, no, that's that's inappropriate now. <laughs> well, it's it's inappropriate, that's true, but... I would say, with the exception of those moments, the show's still hilarious. Oh yeah, but it's just it's funny because you're like you always remember I, it. Yeah, being yeah that you know, there's there's things that you could you couldn't get away with on it, but that's oh but, no, yeah. But most of the, a lot of the shows from those years were like the same thing. Like if you, I know. Have you ever really watched like your favorite shows from like the like mid early nineties? Oh yeah, even, so, even Friends. I mean, sometimes it's like, ooh, that's that's no good. You can't watch, it. and then some of it's just like, oh, that's not even funny. That's like, it's like back then the, the jokes would like make you just bust out laughing and now it's just like, it just falls flat. You're like, oh. Yeah, it's almost kind of like, why did I think this was funny? It's like, was I stupid or something? I must like, have been stupid. I must have been drinking a lot more back then. Like, I think that's true. I, like, I think that's true for I most think, of us. Yeah. <laughs> why did I think this was so funny? It's like, I know I was drinking more back then. It's kind of like, I listened to this other podcast called Rewatchability. It's really good. It's about three Canadian men who basically rewatched these movies they have to be at least twenty years old, and and sometimes like they hate the movies, but then they but then they apologize for how bad it is. Well, a little bit because my favorite is they have a Patreon, and like if you donate enough, you get to choose the movie. And I think sometimes people just choose the movies where they because like, they just did. Uh, well, this is probably a couple months ago, but I just heard it. Revenge of the Nerds, and I was like, oh, I like that when I was oh, younger. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a movie oh, that doesn't age. That didn't age. That well. did not age well. And they were both like, you know, all three of them were okay. just like, well, yeah, this I mean, is so awkward. If you guys weren't paying us to do this, yeah. Well, I mean, like a lot of those movies from like the eighties and stuff, like mm. they aren't because a lot of them are like super sexist, have a lot of racist jokes in them. And, yeah, like, it's just bad. It's, it's just like, so bad. So so it's not even that it's inappropriate. It's one of those things where. It, I mean, it's obviously it's inappropriate, but it's also like, wow, what? Why did we think this was funny? Like, who it, it doesn't even make sense as a joke. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now you can have like, you have a joke that's set up and it's funny, kind of like kind of when when you have people doing physical comedy. Yeah, movies, yeah. You're like, like, you can watch I Love Lucy and still laugh when she's sitting there trying to do the chocolate and. Well, yeah, but it's you not. Know, it's, but not it's, like, it's like I'm it's not, a physical comedy. Yeah, I'm not like busting. I'm not gonna bust a gut like watching somebody fall down anymore. You know, that was like. Yeah. But something a little bit more innocent than when they start kind of doing all of these jokes. You're like, oh, this is so inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay, so uh, my next one is a doll. Now, what makes a doll super creepy? A lot of things, but go ahead. It's the eyes. The eyes. Well, 
the eyes were usually when I say that we're, I'm talking about a porcelain doll and I think those things are just unnecessary in every respect also dolls of clowns I don't like those either but then again I don't like clowns so best Brooklyn 99 I mean there's a lot was when they went to like doll oh, hotel yeah. <laughs> and, thought... and then you open up the closet and they're all in the closet too and he's like oh there's a doll closet Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. So, yeah, but one of the things that can make a doll super creepy is giving it, like, a super normal name. So, you better say which one, because everyone's probably thinking it's... We're not... If you're not thinking... famous dolls. Okay, fine, fine. So, we're talking about Robert the doll. And that one is creepy if we ever really see it, because it does have, like, these black beaded eyes. No, you know what it reminds me of? You, you, anybody who rem- who knows that, that, that cartoon Arthur... Yeah. Oh my it, it, gosh. it kind of kind of reminds me of Arthur for some reason. Like, it does. It's just like that, that weird oval shaped head, and it's like beady little eyes. But I think one of the eyes is missing on there too. I don't know. It's <laughs> so just to get into it. So it was it, this doll was given to Key West artist Robert Eugene Otto, who was most com- more commonly known as Gene to his family, when he was four years old as a gift. This is where I where my debate begins with this doll. It's described as looking kind of human, kind of not. I had a little sailor's outfit on. Yes, it wore a sailor suit and carries its own carries a toy of its own, which is a little miniature stuffed lion. My debate is whether or not it actually looks human. I say no, it does not. It looks nothing like a human. So face wise, maybe it used to. I don't know. It, it's it, 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 it's it's a little worse for wear now. I guess is what you would say. So, anyways, Gene named this doll Robert. I don't know why. I was like, that's, you want to know why? That's the name of a person. You want to know why? What? Because that was his name, and he used to go by Robert or Bob, and he said, well, I want to go by Gene now because this is Robert. Oh, yeah. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> so, as soon as he had Robert, from that point on, strange things began to occur in the family home. Parents would hear Gene giggling with an unknown someone with a deep voice as they walked by his bedroom door. That is, like, so creepy. Right? And it's like, okay, so he's a, he's, he's a kid. He's four. Four-year-old's not capable of making a deep voice. They're just not. So it's like, okay, well, who the hell is he talking to then? It's, it's like when you watch these videos of, of kids saying stuff to their like there was the again i watch a lot of these on nukes top five because i like that he just cuts it down to here's what you want to see and they did the one where the woman who i don't even know her name but she has her own like tiktok or video or something or blog and it's nothing paranormal and one day she was sitting with her daughter on her lap and she was like oh do you like i forgot how they got on the subject but they were talking about family and it says oh do you remember grandma it says yeah she's here right now and like and like, or she said, Grandma Rose. And like, she didn't know, like, Rose was like, she didn't know the first name. The kid is like four years old and didn't know the first name because it pa- she passed before she was born. And so like the the face on the vlogger, just like her eyes got so big, like, how the heck do you know that? That's me. Anytime I'm hanging out with one of my friends with kids, I just, I'm waiting for them to be all like, there's a man in the corner. And I'll be like, send that child outside, please. 
<laughs> I don't need to know that there's a man in the corner. I was living in blissful ignorance until they brought that up. Yeah, can't you just guys have cats and have it stare it in a corner? I know, right? Because at least then they're adorable. You know? <laughs> like, or, or me, I have dogs and they just pull their best poltergeist. Like, Baxter did that one day where he just was looking at me on the bed and he just kept doing, like, tilting his head and then he barked. And he wasn't looking at me, he was, like, looking on Chris's side and I'm like... Don't do that. I just looked at him like, <laughs> like don't you it, do it, that. Like if it's here, I don't need to know about it. Yeah, like he just kept, he just kept looking at Chris's side of bed and barking, and I'm like, I don't yeah, know why you're doing that. My thing is like when I when I when I go to sleep, like if I if my dog doesn't bark at any random things or an empty wall or anything, I feel like okay, my apartment's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like we're good. we're good here. So as I walk by his bedroom door, I hear him giggling with someone with a deep voice. Any room where Robert sat, they would find furniture overturned. Gene also began having horrible nightmares. Nightmares. Sorry, I think I slurred a bit there. I was like, I'm not drunk, <laughs> honestly. I've just been drinking coffee. You're just jittery. No, actually not. But just slurred. Anyways, uh, toys would disappear and then reappear mutilated. Again, that is the creepiest thing because is it something else doing that? Or is your kid something like, should we go, you know, go talk to someone? <laughs> if anything ever went wrong, you know, anything. Whatever. Gene always muttered, Robert did it. So after Robert was finally banished to the attic, because, you know, that's what you do with things that cause supernatural goings-on in the house, or just put it in the, put it up at the top of the house. Passersby claimed to see a small figure moving from window to window, and I say, set it on fire. So I think they did that later, if I know the story. Well, possibly. Because now, according to... According to what I was re- what I read up on is the it is now kept at Key Robert is now kept at the Key West Fort East Martello Museum. So can I add something to your story? Yes. Only because I watched Lore. I listened to Lore and they they did this story and also I think the I don't know if the dog is at the doll is at um, Key West or is at Bryden Baggins bought it i know because he it was on one of his shows and i really didn't like what he did with it but like the point being though is there's um, no news there i'm surprised he didn't know the second half of the story so his parents basically were like you know we're going to get you away from the doll and so he went off to, to school and you know as kids grow you forget about the dolls and stuff so he grows goes to college gets married his parents die leave him in the house so he and his wife come back to the house and he finds the doll and he basically starts, like, <laughs> keeping the doll in his bedroom with his wife. And, like, the creepy. wife gets creeped out by it. You got a friend in me. <laughs> you got a friend in me. So, so like, in the lore um, on Amazon Prime, the lore TV show, they did the doll. And in the show, I, I don't think this is true, but I can't find it anywhere else. But he's really good with research, so it could be true. Is the wife set it on fire one night. And I guess the big thing with Robert the doll, which is really creepy, is... is It's fireproof? <laughs> they would set it on fire. They would leave it. They would put it in a box and lock the box up. And somehow it would always get out and be sitting somewhere in the house. Like, they would leave it in the attic. The mom used to find it, like, on the first floor. That's why it creeped her out. And the wife started reporting the same thing and started reporting that, like, her husband would want to take the doll everywhere. Now, it was at this place, and the... I don't know if you've ever seen these videos. The videos are so good. But there's videos of people visiting Robert the Doll. And around, it's in the, when I saw it, it was, I mean, not in person, but in these videos. He it's was in like in a glass box. Glass right? box, yeah. right. Pyrex box. 
and all around on the walls are letters and these letters are apology letters to Robert the doll because people would not get permission oh, yeah, to yeah, take... Oh, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. see that. You have to ask him if you can take a picture because otherwise he gets angry, apparently. And people got... People would basically have um, strange things happen to them. Uh, the flights got canceled. Again, car accidents. like, And they would apologize. That Sometimes they would send back the pictures and the negatives. And so... This one woman, or man, I'm sorry, I don't even know if it's a man or a woman, but someone had posted this video, and they were like, they were looking at the pictures, and then they won't go to Robert the doll, and it really looks weird, because it looks like Robert's eyes blink. And at first, I thought it was an optical illusion of how, like, the person was walking, but when you really watch it, it does look like the eyelids move up and down. And these doll, this doll is not, does not have eyelids. That's what's, like, there's something that, like, basically passed over the eyes that made it look like it covered. And you could think, well, Leslie, it's in a glass case. It's probably a shadow of this. But when you see it, it's really interesting to, like... Wasn't there, like, a, there's a story in there also where, like, they, they tell, they warn people to not take home replicas of the doll, too, or something like that? Don't tap on the glass. Don't upset him. Like, it's basically, I'm sitting there like, why do I want to see this thing? <laughs> like, you know, like, what's the point of even visiting this damn doll? Well, but there's, there's, I can't remember if there's stories, but I could have swear there was also stories of people who work in a museum who swear that the doll moves, like either A, they hear someone running, or B, they come back, and let's say Robert is facing, let's say, West, with his arm with the lion, you know, next to him, hanging off, and they come back, and he's facing a different way, like East, and the doll with the, the lion is, you know, in his lap. So it's like, I, I, like I, I swear the, that that was, I've heard stories like, like that. Like, does the lion get up and move around, too? I mean... Two haunted dolls is a twofer. Right? It's a, it's a supernatural bargain. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's a really good story. It's a classic story, too. It's one of those stories where I, when people ask me, like, oh, do you know, like, haunted objects? Or, like, I don't know about you, but I have friends who will sit around and talk about, like, creepy stories. And someone always brings up Robert the doll. I think somebody should take that thing out of the glass case and shove a consecrated cross inside of it. So they just be like, look, yeah, you tried doing something now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's a good story. Right. You want to hear my last story? Yeah. Right. So my story, oops, hold on. I got too many papers here. All right. So my story is, is called Tallman's Family Bunk Bed. And basically... Why does that sound like the title of a kid's book? Right? Actually, when, as soon as I read it, I was like... Think of like Berenstein Bears and, and you know, the, the family bunk bed. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Too much birthday. Beach trip or beach mm-hmm. party. I remember right. that one. Well, the Thomas family bunk beds. Now, if you are a fan of Unsolved Mysteries... Which we are. Which we are. Unsolved Mysteries. I remember this episode and i was like oh when you said haunted objects i was like oh i'm doing the bunk beds and so i went on amazon prime and i was searching for it searching for it and how amazon prime is kind of set up is like they they still have the same same seasons but i feel like they're all mixed up like i don't know how it is but it's like if you go somewhere like oh this was an episode four of season two it it's still season two but maybe for some reason on amazon it's like episode six mm. i don't know what they do like and there's a lot of the updates 
So I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, well, I know something about bunk beds, and I was watching one called like the burning bed and all this. And I'm like, okay, where is this bunk bed? So I finally go online to the Unsolved Mysteries like Wikipedia page thing, and it said that this is missing from the Amazon Prime. And I guess someone actually asked a couple years ago, asked them like, why is that? And they're like, oh, well, sometimes we'll take off. I guess the producer said sometimes with like the statue. Um, they'll not have certain stories, which all makes sense because if it's unsolved mysteries, you know, you, you might not show about the robbery in the fifties if, you know, you can't prosecute now. So, you know, it's too old, but like, okay, one, this is about a bunk bed. Two, it's a haunted story. There is no statue unless the people say, Hey, we don't want to be. Or just having the episode there causes problems. Supernatural problems. It's really weird because, like, there's all these other episodes with Supernatural and stuff, and I don't see that one. So I'm really curious why they don't do it. They are saying it was something that, I don't know, but when I was reading online, though, is a lot of people admit that this is one of the best ghost segments that they did and one of the scariest. Now, I think I had, I watched another one about a ranch house that was scarier to me, but... I would have to rewatch this one. So I have to look for it. I, I saw it on YouTube, so maybe I'll check it out. But when I was doing this, I was writing it up late at night. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch this. Because when I read about it, I was like, oh, maybe this was the scary one. <laughs> so, hey, if you're out there and you grew up with these, do you remember that one? And my friend a couple years ago, or probably over 10 years ago now, remember our friend John? And he used to come over and he had that ghost collection oh, yeah. from the Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in there, too. Because I remember one night you, me, yeah. and Linda were watching that. Yeah, that was the one that scared the crap out of me. That's like what he was talking about. Like I think it was it, it had talked about shadow men and stuff like that. I was like, ah. I remember you had to go home. You're like, can you, can you drive me home? <laughs> like, I don't want to be alone right now. <laughs> I know. So this one, I actually do want to watch it in, you know, light of day. But the story is about Alan and Debbie Tallman, who bought a bunk bed from a secondhand shop in May of 1987. And this is in Wisconsin, I believe. Now, the next nine months resulted in their once quiet home experiencing strange haunting and occurrences. Like, not just like we saw something on the shower eye, but like a lot of weird stuff went on. And it began, like with most things, with the children experiencing the first anomalies. Anomalies. Can you say it for me? Anomaly. Thank you. Then the parents, and then even witnesses. So it was just like we were talking about. The kids are all like, oh, we see something. Oh, go to bed. You're dreaming. Go to bed. Nothing's in the closet. Go to bed, Tommy. You're drunk. (laughs) The children were poured in. Well, before they even do that is these children were pretty healthy, pretty rambunctious, and they were saying that they suddenly became ill and they weren't feeling good. And their clock radio started turning on and switching channels. And I'll be honest, I used to have a clock radio, one of those old 80s radios. And it was really annoying because whenever there was a little bit static, it would sound like you go in and out. It kind of sounds like uh, like a, when a plane passed over. Mm-hmm. So at first, I, when I was reading this, I'm like, that's probably what happened. But what they were reporting was that it would switch. They would watch it switch all the dial, like going up. Ooh. And so I was like, oh, that's not good. Did I hear a voice going like, get out? Scarier. So I don't I don't know if they heard voices, but then 
they would report other things going on, but the adults started to experience little things. Like little things would go missing or be moved around. And like the husband, I'm sorry, I already forgot his name, Alan, said that one time he was painting and he left the room, left a paintbrush like on the side of the paint can and he came back and it was like sitting, standing up in the paint can. Like someone moved it. So he didn't think anything of it. He thought, oh, I'm kids or someone. And then the children came to him and said like in the room, he's like, you know, I think it was his daughter, but they said that they saw a red-eyed witch behind the door and then the room caught on fire. Like they're in the bed and this, their room caught on fire. And so they would scream and stuff, but there was no fire. Mm. The rest of the family started hearing about voices calling out. And I'm I'm reading this on Wikipedia or the Unsolved Mysteries Wikipedia. And I remember in this episode, and if it's the episode I remember, they had some scary graphics in this one because it, if I remember it correctly, they did have the scene where it's like two kids in a bunk bed, like, you know, screaming about fire. And you see that there's the fire, so like, already is like triggering you. Like, this is, this is like too much. Like, your kids are getting so scared. Like, just get rid of the bunk beds. Just get rid of them. Right? So, the children sees this witch. They hear voices calling out for them doors are banging they start seeing apparitions and it's not clear in the in the notes what the apparitions were but i wanted to say that people started seeing this red-eye witch i know one of their friends did so the most disturbing was the incident that i think was most disturbing that happened on january 7th 1988 so alan he returned home so it looks like he worked like maybe a late shift or he got home late at night and it's dark and he gets out of his car and he hears a howling and a voice saying, come here. And so he went looking for what this voice is, thought someone was messing around with his garage. And when he went to the back of the garage, he saw it was on fire and he was so scared. He was like, oh my God, it's fire. And he, I mean, if I remember the Unsolved Mysteries, he felt the heat and he felt like it, it was a natural fire. So he runs back into his house and he gets a fire exchanger, you know, he, he throws his lunch pill like on the table, gets the fire extinguisher, he runs back, nothing. and nothing. And it's not even damaged. His carport, nothing is damaged. So he's like, okay, this is weird, because the kids saw fire. Like, now he's seeing this, like, phantom fire. And so he goes back into the house, and he reaches for his lunch pail, and his lunch pail basically, like, goes across the room. It slids across the room. And he's just kind of like, okay, I believe my kids now, there's something going on here. And so he starts sleeping in the kids' room for protection, to protect wherever his kids are seeing. Oh. I'm like, seriously, I'm scared, kids. I'm going to sleep with you tonight. So <laughs> like, here, guys, I'm here to protect you. He's like, why can't we just sleep with like, you, Dad? Dad? my teddy bear. I'm like, that was mine now. <laughs> well, so he, he sleeps in this. So this is, oh, my gosh. Like, I read this. I was done. Like, I, this is why I didn't want to watch it at night, because I was doing this at, like, 10 o'clock at night. He is sleeping on the floor. And one night, he wakes up, because he's very cold. And I'm also trying to remember this from Unsolved Mysteries. But there's this fog around him, like, this really dense fog around him. And he can't see things. And a voice saying, and it, like, he hears someone saying right to him, You're dead. And he was like, well, 
Oh, we're moving. Well, no, not even that. He's just like, okay, we're going to bring the family priest. And so the family priest came, and I, they he came in multiple visits, I believe. And he even said, you know, he felt an evil in the house. And so they're just like, something's here. They see something, and it seems it's like messing with them. So one night, Alan has to work late again, and he's like, you know, I don't want to leave the family alone. So he has a friend. He says, hey, can you watch, you know, based on my kids and my wife? And the friend was a skeptic, I guess, and didn't really believe what the family was saying. Not not so much like they didn't believe, but he just probably was like, man, nothing to be scared of. So the friend comes over. It's probably just like the house settling or something like that. You know? Well, you know, I can, I can see how there's... Because, you know, we've both gone on ghost hunts and stuff. So there's stuff that I think people say, well, this is what happened. You're like, okay, that's not scary. So I think, you know, oh, you saw fire, but there's no real fire. You felt... You hear voices, but you're not really seeing anything. Like You know what I mean? Like It's, it's like, it's probably not that scary. So the friend stays with them. And all of a sudden, they're screaming. And... It says that he saw the red eye witch that the kids have been seeing. And so he screamed. And so when he, I, re- I actually remember this in Unsolved Mysteries, he comes out in the hallway and the actor, the one who plays the wife, Debbie, was like, okay, that's it. We're out of here. Pack up everything. We're leaving. We're never coming back. And they basically just packed up the stuff that was on their backs and got in the car and left. And I don't think they returned for like two weeks. And once they did return, they basically two weeks later they took the bunk beds and they destroyed them that's all they said i think in ensemble mysteries i was reading about i guess they destroyed them and they went to undeclosed landfill and had them buried and they don't they didn't tell anyone where these this bunk bed was buried at and that's what they did didn't set it on fire huh no i don't well maybe they set it on fire i don't know I don't know how they, they said they destroyed it. That's all I know is they destroyed it and then they buried it in this there's, landfill. There's like destroyed and then there's just destroyed. <laughs> I know. Is it destroyed or is it destroyed? Like, I'm going to break this thing down to its molecular parts. Yeah. And then see, since they buried it in a landfill, I'm wondering if they did burn it and then buried like the ashes. You know what I mean? But after that, they didn't experience any other occurrences after April of 1988. And then I was reading about how, I guess, they even sold the house. I mean, this is years later, sold the house. And the new owners never it said they experienced anything. And I guess there was, like, the articles I was reading, like, some people in the town thought, oh, nothing really happened. This was their, you know, Amityville horror kind of thing. But the thing is, when Unsolved Mysteries came, they had three conditions. They basically said to Unsolved Mysteries, you could do it if you, I can't remember what the third condition was, but the first was they changed the kids' names, and I I think it's, they also don't show the the faces. I can't remember when they were telling the story if they're blacked out. And they use actors for the reenactments. So maybe those are the three conditions. But the thing is, is once it was done, they didn't. They weren't trying to sell a book about it. And I guess there was a couple people who came who wanted to make a movie out of it. Because this is the 80s. This is like popular, you know, Poltergeist, oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Like, there was a bunch of, you know, hey, let's make some money off this. Get her, hey. <laughs> but, so, they, I, I don't think they did it as a hoax for money. Because they were really fearful for their kids. Like, they, they know their kids experienced something and it was really traumatic for them. And watching, if I could watch the 
Unsolved Mysteries again, I think if it's the one I'm thinking about, it was a scary one because I think they had that overlay where it's like a woman with red eyes. Mm. Like the kind of remember Ghostbusters with Slimer kind of coming at you. Oh, I think yeah. they had that with the red eyes. Is if it's the one I'm thinking about. So yeah, I remember this one being a little bit terrifying. <laughs> Sometimes those practical effects are better than like the best CG. That would be so much scarier. But yeah. that's it. That's the, the Tallman family bunk beds. You know what I was, I was thinking? Like, I wonder if, like, the bunk beds, I don't know what, if they ever say what the bunk beds are. It's like a wood bed, plastic frame. In the in the Unsolved Mysteries, and I think the pictures, I think it was supposed to be like a wooden frame. What I bet you, this is just a theory I have. Mm-hmm. The bunk beds were made from wood that was originally some so many years past used burn someone at the stake for witchcraft i don't think it was that old you never know you know what though it's like i mean you really kind of know what it actually could that be. wouldn't make any sense because the stake would have been burned too okay never mind that's a stupid theory it's it's could be something like that it's interesting though because again we were talking about this at the, at the beginning of the show like if you could go into i mean i've shopped at secondhand stores i've done the goodwill hunts and you know you buy something you're like oh this is cool here's a scrabble game Mm-mm. you know and yeah, it's like I'm, it, I'm very big on not i mean we we do have some things like that in our apartment but i'm usually i'm not for going out and getting stuff that belonged to somebody else first just because of that because like if i'm getting something i want to know it's never touched another another human soul other than the factory worker who originally made it it's like but. Well, it's kind of the same. I mean, look at my room. This has, doesn't have too many antiques, but, you know, that is, because that's mm-hmm. my mother-in-law's, and this I bought from an antique store, that I bought from an antique store. Yeah. These two chairs I bought from an estate sale. Yeah, I mean, we have some things, like I said. like. But I get what you mean, like, but what, that's what's so scary about that one is because the, it was literally, they went to a second store, they're like, hey, here's a bunk bed for the kids. It's a good prize. I remember I remember being a kid and wanting a bunk bed. And, you know, even though, like, my brother and I didn't share a room, we each had our own room, but we each wanted a bunk bed because... You're weird kids. No, because you could have it be up and then have, like, your desk and stuff underneath so it made more room in your room. You know, put put a blanket over it and then you had a fort. You're like, come on. It's bunk bed. So, you know, they were like, hey, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this for our kids. Oh, now did you see, like, the bunk beds that have slides and oh, all that, like... Kids are spoiled now. <laughs> but I draw I sleep in a race car. Where do you sleep? I sleep in a big bed with my wife. <laughs> Simpson. <laughs> that episode <laughs> <laughs> It's just and he's just and he's just like oh <laughs> like oh It's Mr. Van Houten. That's so sad. I know. Uh, the fact that he was proud that he slept in a race car. Like, what do you do? Aren't you jealous? Like, <laughs> like, no, I sleep in a normal adult-sized bed with my wife. <laughs> oh, God. Who didn't leave me for another man. Oh, God, that was good. Um, but anyway, those are the haunted objects, which is somewhat scarier than sometimes because, like, you... It's the innocence of just a regular, everyday item. That can turn your entire world upside down. Yeah. And the the confusion that it generates when you feel when you see people who don't destroy them. 
And sometimes it's weird. I don't know if you get like this, but when sometimes I'll go shopping for stuff and like I bought that new cat statue mm-hmm. and I bought it from a shop that was going out of business and they bought it for like a Halloween display. And I remember I was like, I want this cat. Like I was holding it. I'm like, look how cute it is. And they're like, oh, it's like a piggy bank kind of thing. Cause it has like a slot on the back, but there's no, there's no, um, stopper stopper. So you would have to destroy it. I was like, oh, I can't do that. And I put it on, on this desk over here or not a desk on this table over here. At first I was like, this is a great spot. I'll admit every time I come in my office, since it's like the first thing I see, I always think that someone's sitting there. Every time I come in there and look at it, it looks like it's judging me. So it basically reminds me of a regular cat. I know, right? It totally is. It looks like a Siamese cat, but it's all black. It looks like an Egyptian cat, quite honestly. I'll have to put a picture on Instagram of you guys. I don't even think I've named the cat yet. Like, I usually name all my like objects like that. But what I'm saying, though, is sometimes you get a good feeling with certain objects. Like, I do. I, 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 I have a feeling about certain objects. Like, I really like this. or And there's some objects that are opposite. Like, I'll see something, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. That's giving off a weird vibe. Like, sometimes even just, like, a normal kind of store, too. <laughs> be like, Jay, if I see something like that, you'd be like, you know, Jay, put that box of matches away. He's like, no, 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 it has to die. <laughs> it's got evil in it. Evil. Grandpa Simpson. It's like, Where? oh, Grandpa, you say that about everything. <laughs> I just want attention. I was wearing an onion as the style at the time. <laughs> We used to tie an onion around around our belt, which was the style at the time. Okay, no more Simpsons references. <laughs> Overall, with haunted objects, haunted things like that, I think they're a little bit more, like you said, scarier for me because while it's a story, like you think of a house, it's like, well, I'm going to leave this house. But with objects, think of how many objects that you deal with on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Like in your house, in your car. Now, what if my PlayStation 4 suddenly became haunted? That's kind of like that meme where it says, why are all these hauntings of Victorian children in, like, long white gowns? When are we going to get, like, a 2007, like, <laughs> someone in juicy uh, couture? Right. Like, something a little bit more modern. You know, maybe, like... <laughs> but, anyway... A so... stylish leather jacket, maybe, or, you know. So, anyway, should we do our legendary listener shout-out? Yes, let's do that. Okay, this week, we're shouting out Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thank you so much for listening. We've gotten your downloads. I'm excited. I think this is the first time we've shouted out anyone in the great state of Colorado. So, hello. Shout out. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and hopefully you're still listening. Hopefully this episode hasn't turned you off to us. (laughs) Okay, Jay, you want to take us home? This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. I am Leslie. Your purveyors of the paranormal and your curators of the creepy. We thank you for listening and good Good night. night.